Hello and welcome back to Laurent Robert's Left Peg, the Newcastle United podcast brought to you by AMS Media. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeu, and I'm joined by the brilliant uh, Newcastle United fan and journalist, Harry the Cosimo. How you doing, mate? It's been a couple of weeks. How are you, first of all? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Thanks, Harry. It's uh, good to be back. Um, seen pictures. I don't know if the, the listeners have seen pictures of your moustache, but uh, it's it's epic. Um <laughs> And I'm not just saying that. I texted you yesterday. I'm not just saying that because I can't grow on to the level of that. Of that, but but it it, it really suits you. So um, that that kept me entertained this week, and not in a sort of like laughing at you way. It's a sort of respect. <laughs> well done. For, well done for growing that excellent, excellent mustache. Do you know what I? Uh, it was uh, initially it was done as a bit of a joke. I've got to be honest. Mm. It was done as a bit of a joke. Um, and then I had to do a forfeit for work where I'd messed something up and then I was nominated to do a forfeit. So I thought, right, I've done the moustache now. I'll leave it till the morning so I can do the forfeit and everyone can have a good laugh as well. Um, and then I got really, really busy yesterday and I was on live commentary of uh, Arsenal Manchester City and uh, I ran out of time and didn't get a chance <laughs> to shave it. So I ended up going on that uh, live video stream with the moustache and then I figured, hey, I might as well just leave it for a bit longer. So I've done podcasts today with it. Uh, I've done a show with 90 Minute Football, which is going to be out in the next few hours. Um, and my moustache is in all its glory. So I've titled uh, the podcast on the City Arsenal game as uh, me, my moustache and David Lewis. So uh, I'm sure uh, if you it, well, if you fancy checking it out after Harry's talked it up so much, please do head over to my Twitter at Harry Simeon for a, a good look. It genuinely look. will not disappoint anybody out there. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Great stuff. <laughs> right, let's talk Newcastle United. And since we last spoke, uh, there have been a, quite a, a few developments. I just want to start off by saying that the reason we haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks is not through Harry's fault whatsoever. It's me. I've been super, super busy and I do apologise for that. And we do promise you that now that football is back, we'll be getting into more of a rhythm and we'll be bringing you more content and more types of content as well. So stay tuned, subscribe if you haven't already, leave us a review and all that jazz. Uh, you know the deal by now. Let's begin with the uh, World Trade Organization's report. Now, they, of course, found the Saudis responsible for the piracy issue uh, in regards to B out Q, and which, of course, is a uh, it's B in sport. They're unhappy because the the uh, they are the rights holders in that region, and of course, B out Q have been broadcasting games illegally uh, for quite some time. Significantly, though, in the World Trade Organization's report, there was no mention of Newcastle United or PIF in particular. Harry, what's your thoughts on the report? Where do we stand with it? What did you take from it? There's reason now, if the Premier League want to uh, to block it, they can use that as, as leverage, but I don't think that they will. Um, I'm as, I'm confident still that the... That the um, the takeover will happen uh, and people will probably be out there listening, looking back at the previous episodes and saying he was absolutely certain. Now he's, he's maybe doubting it a little bit. I'm as confident as I was um, because there was no mention um, because there was no mention of, of, of Piff and, and, and Newcastle specifically. There's also this doubt as to whether um, you can, you can officially in a technical way, Get between uh, PIF and the Saudi Arabian, you know, the BLQ, whether there is a, a tangible enough link to to block it. Um, but personally, I think that it, it's going to go. I still think it'll go ahead. I think it, it really 
I understand the 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 issue. I think it, it's all coming to a head now. Things are going to start picking up. I know we've said that for for five or six weeks. We haven't done a podcast for two weeks, and and in reality, we're still nowhere near in in the actual decision as to whether it's going to happen or not. But um, I think it, I understand why people are concerned, and I understand that because because at the start we were told, and and I was told, and everybody was told that that the piracy wouldn't be an issue. Here we are. Pretty much three months, you know, 11, 12 weeks later, and um, it's it's become the issue. Um, geo, geopolitics has been has become, you know, I know no more, much more than I ever thought I would about Qatar and Saudi Arabia and all that sort of thing on the human rights as- aspect as well, which we've discussed, which seems to have been gone on the back burner. That was the one thing I've been quite disappointed with. Um, if the if the takeover is blocked, that it's blocked for piracy reasons and. It would show you really what what the state of football is now, and particularly in the Premier League, that piracy and 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 money and things like that would would be would have more of a standing to to block this takeover than than human atrocities and and that have been reported and um, that's quite sad. But personally, I think it'll still happen. Um, the fact that it, that that Piff haven't been mentioned and Newcastle hasn't been mentioned can be seen as a positive and and uh, but. Equally, you know, I understand this whole piracy thing's been more of a more of a nuisance than anyone thought. So, um, you know, confidence isn't confidence isn't wavering. Certainly, we're not talking about cans anymore. Cans is 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 still around, but it's it's not as pure as it was five or six weeks ago because that was when everyone thought that the, the deal would be done. We'd be going into the project restart and the Sheffield United game with a buzz that the new takeover's done. That you know, if anyone's going to be there, it'll be maybe someone a representative of the new ownership that's not going to be the case um which you know so i understand the the, the issue with that but but i still i'm still confident it'll go through yeah i think i think you make some great points there the fact that it doesn't the well, the report doesn't uh, make mention of of piff or, or the newcastle united deal in particular is helpful to the cause of course um dominic Raab has been speaking about it as well uh, of course a member of the government he's been talking about it and he uh, made a, a point that you know it should be you know he welcomes the investment in our game etc but obviously the law needs to be followed in this kind of situation and I think I share your view. I think that it will go through eventually. I think that the Premier League will have would have come under immense criticism if they didn't uh, take their time and didn't make sure that they dotted every I and crossed every T in in terms of this because of, I guess, the opposition that it is facing from so many angles. And it, you 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 make a great point. It's not just about the piracy. It's about human rights. It's about so many other things. Um, and they would have to in my opinion make sure that they leave absolutely no room uh, for anybody to come back later on and say actually you missed this or you missed that this process the owners and directors test is supposed to take around about four to five weeks what has it been now a couple of months um so you know it is rumbling on and i can understand why newcastle fans are getting frustrated but I would say, as well as you, that I think it will go through and people just need to stay uh, patient. Um, let's talk about the, the bid that has supposedly been tabled by another investor. Of course, he has no uh, power and no ability to do anything unless the current deal falls through because uh, deposits have, have, have been exchanged and, of course, contracts have been signed. 
Uh, Henry Maurice, it is an American. Uh, I believe he's in the media game, um, if I'm not mistaken. What do you know about this guy and uh, what have you made of the rumours that he is also interested in the club? I mean, where was he for all this time? Yeah, media mogul um, is what his, his name has been. He's been he's been called um, in the media, uh, particularly the tabloid press. Um, Clear TV, I think he's he owns. Um, I don't know much about him uh, to be honest. Um, when his name first came up, it was around the time of the you know potentially being a rival bid of the of the Saudi Saudi bid. Um, but the bid is apparently genuine that it is on the table, as you've mentioned rightly though, Harry that. This can't he can't do anything because the deal with Ashley is effectively done. The people um, who are important here in the Premier League, not not Stavely, not Ashley, not uh, Mohammed bin Salman or anybody who might be involved in the actual deal, um, because it's all it's all been signed. Seventeen million pounds deposit has been placed, um, so exclusivity doesn't exist uh, because it doesn't have to anymore. Which is despite what you know people have said over weeks. You know, particularly Richard Key said it as I mentioned in the other pod. Uh, few weeks ago about exclusivity and another bid and all that but this bid is is there as a as a as a viable option if this falls but if it falls this it can't be fixed it goes you know it goes right back to the start so it's open game again if this falls the 17 million pound deposit is non-refundable so Ashley still pockets that from Amanda Stavely whether she gets the club or not um and this 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 bid is 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 350 million pounds as opposed to 300 which is quite rightly being questioned by Newcastle fans. Why would you bid fifty million pounds more than you would, uh, more than a, a bid than a deal's been agreed with um, with with Ashley for, from the from the Saudis? Why wouldn't you? If 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 three hundred million is enough for the Saudis, why wouldn't it be enough for for Henry Maurice? So it is apparently genuine. It is an option, but he's he's snookered until something goes wrong with the Premier League. Just on top of the last question, the one thing I did want to mention. Harry, is that interestingly, Richard Mars is the one thing he said about this. He's been very, very, he's been coy about the whole thing, as he has to be, because these things are so watertight and, and so confidential. But the one thing he said that Project Restart hasn't had anything to do with that, which is something that we use as an excuse, maybe, as to why it's been, you know, you come to me at the start of an episode and say, hey, Harry, why is why has this not worked out as well uh, so far? Worked out so far. I so, said, well, think about Project Restart, and that's going to have an impact. Apparently, it's had no impact at all. So this it, it, it becomes clear that the piracy thing is more of a, a sticking point than people, in, in, including me, have previously said. Um, I don't know whether how rich Maurice is. He certainly won't be as rich as 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 the this bid that's coming up. Um, you know, from from the Saudi Arabian uh, public investment fund, Stavely and the Rubin brothers. It's, it's not going to be on that clout because I don't think anything is. Um, but. But it's there. It's it's an option if this all fails. But again, if this all fails, it goes right back to the start and it's open game again. Where has he been in the last uh, thirteen years, or last even last year before this all broke out between the uh, between the, for the Stavely bid? Who knows? And it, it does seem very convenient. And I think people are right to be not dismissive, but but you know to think about you know putting it in the corner because that's where it belongs at the moment. The focus still has to be. On the expectation and the belief and and the probability that um, Stavely will be uh, and and Mohammed bin Salman will be the um, the majority shareholder of Newcastle United in the next few months, weeks, hopefully. It, it feels like if he is interested, it, it's an opportunistic bid. 
if that makes That's sense. That's certainly been said, yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's seen what's going on, that there could be a glitch, that perhaps the deal maybe won't be concluded and therefore he's waiting in the wings. It doesn't strike me as this has been someone who's had his eye on the club for a while. I think he's maybe seen a potential business opportunity and, you know, he's just waiting in the wings now. It's not... It's not been a long-standing interest, would be my guess anyway. Um, but interest it is, in, New, in Newcastle, interest in Newcastle has been there apparently, just under that blanket. Nobody's actually said who and what and and, and where. Really, there's been the odd name, Peter Kenyon, the Binzaya Group. You know, um, different uh, people have been interested. Amanda Staveley in the past as well, but it's always been this sort of brand of. There's definitely interest out there, but it's never sort of turned into anything until. Obviously, this one's the furthest it's gone. The the Stavely bit's the furthest it's ever gone. And I think Newcastle fans are not excited by Gem just interest anymore as they used to be because you know, supporters would get very excited about the prospect, even if it was just a link, the prospect of Mike Ashley going. There's a, there's a very, very real possibility that that's going to happen now. I and mean, this one's much closer. And as we've said before, that's what Newcastle fans care about more than anything else is Mike Ashley leaving. So what they're viewing is, forget you know the, the, the clout of the Saudis and what it could mean on the pitch and all the issues off the pitch. All they think about is Mike Ashley going. And that is much closer with the Saudis than it is with Henry Maurice. So that's why the Henry Maurice bid isn't getting much traction in terms of excitement and encouragement from Newcastle supporters. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to a- another issue uh, surrounding Newcastle United. And of course, there's been a lot of noise from the Newcastle fans in regards to the season ticket situation. Um, now, of course, it's taken Newcastle an absolute age to deal with this and to, mm. to offer refunds to the fans. Now, uh, before I let you come in, I'm going to tell you what Arsenal have done. Uh, and I can say that as an Arsenal fan, as an Arsenal season ticket holder, so that you can, I guess it will contextualise how badly Newcastle United have dealt with this situation. So Arsenal fans were all sent an email to say, we appreciate that you're not going to be able to attend games. It's horrible. It's, you know, but it's the right thing to do, etc., etc., etc. We are going to offer you two options. Option A is you will be given a refund for the games that you are unable to attend for the rest of this season. Um, and option B is you can refuse the refund and and then what it happens there is it is added as credit onto your renewal for next season. So that's what a lot of Arsenal fans have done. That's what I've done. I've said, fine, I've spent the money now, leave it with the club. And then when my renewal comes around, and, and again, that's not been done yet because we don't know when the season's going to start next year just yet. But as soon as we do the 350 quid or whatever it was, um, that we were due to be refunded. I think it was around about that much. Um, I know people are probably gasping at how expensive Arsenal season tickets are, but there you go. Um, then we get that taken off of next season. Newcastle United, to be clear, haven't done anything up until now, but they finally got their asses in gear, Harry. Yeah, I mean, we. one thing you can take from the news this week is that it's better to to take, to take a U-turn on something ridiculous than it is to not you know and accept that it's happened before than than not to to make the u-turn at all um that's absolutely true um but it it doesn't it it, it's beggars belief how how far it's typical of newcastle it's typical of mike ashley the current the current situation at newcastle is that basically everything is 
is in flux. Every, every, you know, every it's just stopped off the pitch. It's just waiting for the decision from the from the uh, from the Premier League on the on the takeover. So so nothing really matters. The problem earlier in the in the thing was as we mentioned on the on one of your other podcasts, Harry, uh, about the furlough. You know, Liverpool and Tottenham got a lot of criticism in the public for that. Newcastle didn't, and therefore. Uh, for some reason and therefore didn't change their minds on that which is one thing there was obviously Mike Ashley's attitudes with Sports Direct you know trying to open the shops the day after lockdown started um, and getting a, a rasp on the knuckles from the from the Conservative Party and the government um, for that and then there's also the fact that he's, he's been taking money out not only for this for this season but also next season as well um, it, it's, it's just incredible how the only thing that carries on in Newcastle is the fact that you know they bring in money. That's just typical of the current ownership and why it's so important that that it, that this takeover happens um, in one sense because um, the club has been it's 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 been a shambles and and everything has just stopped and including that and you know Newcastle fans are used to being at the bottom of the pile when it comes to the current the current uh, the club and its current guys and this just tops the lot of it really is a maybe is it possibly is a final act of Mike Ashley's era absolutely and uh, well like you said if anything has been proven this week is that it's better to reverse something stupid than to just stick with it so uh, we got there in the end um, at least now let's look ahead to the uh, big Premier League kickoff uh, for Newcastle United of course the Premier League is back underway already just quickly before we look ahead to Newcastle's game in particular Harry what have you made of the first couple of games it is very surreal isn't it but I am a fan of the fake crowd noises I think that is adding to the uh, to the experience so I'm all for that what's your take on it do, do you know what if there's a difference between the Bundesliga's fake noise and the Premier League's fake noise because the Premier League's fake noise is, if I'm not mistaken it's FIFA 20 isn't it <laughs> which which I don't think they've done as well uh, with it because there was a shot from I think it was uh, Conor Hurahan in the Villa Sheffield United game and the the delay it wasn't right on whereas in the Bundesliga it, it felt a lot more authentic it felt better so I actually ended up flicking between the two and not minding um, not minding when, when something happened that there was no that there was no crowd noise on I think it was um, Sky Sports Premier League was the option for main event was yeah. if you wanted the, the, the noise uh, but generally speaking yeah I, I, I think it improves it because when, when there's just the, the general hum in the background and the contrast between that and the commentator's voice it sounds much uh, much better yeah agreed. but i think that they need to definitely work on when there's a, a, a something happens like a goal or um or a, or a shot or a, you know something like an ooh or an r or something like that those those sorts of things need to be worked on but generally i, I think as i say that the, the crowd noise is better than than nothing when when there's nothing going on on the pitch when it's just a natural hum it sounds better I'm sure they will improve it. Um, if if I remember correctly, the Bundesliga didn't introduce it right from the uh, no, they didn't. very no. beginning of the restart. So I think the Premier League will get it right. From my understanding is that there's a production team working on the game um, and you know, you're know you going to get that human delay sometimes um, yeah. when incidents take well, place. Well, I, put, it, put it this way, the, 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 the technology working, not working was not, the crowd noise wasn't the problem. Yeah. Uh, last night with technology not working there was one m- much bigger issue and uh, Newcastle's opponents on uh, Sunday Sheffield United I can't think of a more unlucky team 
not to win a game than that in my years watching football. We've had goal line technology issues before, but never when the goal line technology was actually in place. Do you think um, though? Do you, do you think that are you buying the uh, explanation? Because for me, it just feels like they forgot to turn it on because they had so many other things to worry about. First game back, making sure they meet the safety protocols, etc. It feels to me like somebody just forgot to do their job and forgot to check that and uh, they're trying to hide behind it. It, w- it, really, wouldn't, it really wouldn't surprise me. Um, the other thing is that, that hasn't been mentioned enough, I don't think, is the fact that VAR should have actually gone and changed it and didn't. Yeah, uh, which is astonishing. I mean, you can't blame um, Michael Oliver for it because he will not be thinking, he'll not be watching it, he'll be looking at his watch. And if he doesn't hear a watch, he'll just assume that the, the, the ball hasn't crossed the line. So you, you, the people that you want to blame, if you're not going to blame Hawkeye for whether they forgot or whether uh, it, it didn't work or whatever, if you're going to blame them or not, it doesn't really matter. The VAR was, was, was actually even when it's not supposed to be the issue, ended up being the issue. Yeah. Um, and, that, and, that, and that tells you a lot as well. So there's, you know, forget the crowd noise, that was the big thing. And I think that uh, Sheffield, Sheffield United will, uh, you know, I can't think of a more unlucky team not to win a game. And that's, and that's a, a, a bitter pill for uh, Chris Wilder to swallow, certainly. Absolutely. Imagine they were to miss out on a European place uh, yeah, or Villa stay up or, by a point. Or Villa stay up, exactly. Um, yeah. Let's let's look ahead to, to Newcastle's game against Sheffield United uh, at the weekend. Of course, the, it's the first game back for How Newcastle. How good does it feel to hear you say that? How good does it feel? <laughs> just talking about a football match again, it's just brilliant. Exactly. Of course, the game is scheduled to take place on Sunday. Uh, it's a 2pm kickoff at St. James's Park. Um this is Newcastle's first game back, not Sheffield United's, but I had extreme difficulty trying to predict uh, how Mikel Arteta was going to set his team out. Um, and I ended up getting it completely wrong. And, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but I normally am pretty spot on with that. So I was really disappointed um, in mm. myself. But it is so difficult to predict a starting eleven at this stage, isn't it? Because we don't know where everybody is in terms of their fitness. Um, we don't know how they've been responding to the return in training. Um, you know, I'm not going to ask you to name a, a specific eleven because I think that's unfair. It's really, really difficult. But are you? How are you feeling about Newcastle coming back into action? Sheffield United have had that game. Is that an advantage in your view? Uh, potentially, I, I don't really know. Um, that's the the thing, as you just alluded to. Nobody really knows anything at the moment. Um, the thing I, I take, you know, I, I see I've seen Newcastle in pre pre the mini preseason, the friendlies that they've had, and they beat Hull at St James's Park, and they beat Middlesbrough three um, two from two 0 down at the training ground as well. So they've done okay. Um, I think you're right. It's difficult to pick a to pick a team because, especially with Newcastle, because they just changed their system for the week before the, the sorry two weeks before against Burnley. Um, they changed to a more a, a different style and and a different approach, uh, and then they played similarly against Southampton. So it depends what um, Bruce goes back into. I, I, I it was the, the Arsenal game, the four nil defeat against Arsenal was the was the was the sort of final straw because he was actually going into that game talking up a change having lost I think it was the Crystal Palace the previous week and then he didn't change anything and they did okay until half time and then Arsenal just 
uh, stopped at the beginning because Newcastle were so deep and not making any sort of en- anything really up the pitch. One goal was enough, and then they crumbled, and it was and it was four 0 in the end. And um, I'd like to see more of an attacking approach. Um, you've got to be different. You've got, but also you've got to be aware of, of Sheffield United's uh, strengths, and they are very expansive and very open and dominate the ball and have overlapping centre backs. They missed Jack O'Connell yesterday, which was which was big for them because he's the overlapping centre back, and uh, I think Jack Robinson was playing, and he's much more. A, a sort of not he's not a he's not a player who who will do that as much. Yeah, absolutely. And Newcastle one of the teams that 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 called Sheffield United's number really in December when they played them at Bramall Lane. There was obviously I don't even remember the Shelby goal where Dean Henderson stopped and you know it was played to the whistle. Shelby scored and we won two 0 But uh, Newcastle generally they played they played their defensive game plan perfectly in that game. So. It was, it's difficult to know which way is the way to go for Bruce. I'd always like to see Newcastle attack. I think that's just the way it should be, especially in James's Park. But um, I think in the end, uh, a draw wouldn't be the worst result in the world, especially with Aston Villa uh, coming in, in, in midweek. Four points would put Newcastle on 39, and that would be pretty much, you would imagine, safe. Um, so given that there's eight point, there's an eight-point gap to the bottom three, or there was coming into yesterday's game. So I think... Um, you know, it's going to be difficult to, to predict, but but a draw wouldn't be the be the end of the result, and that probably comes from it being difficult to know both how Bruce is going to play and how you know the team knowing which way is the right way to go. I guess given given Sheffield United's strengths. Indeed, and we'll be looking back on this game uh, in in greater detail uh, early next week on the podcast. So do tune in for that. We'll be able, we'll be able to give you a bit more uh, information. I mean, at the moment we're kind of second guessing uh, what's yeah. going to happen with the Premier League. It's really really difficult to predict stuff. So um, don't take this as a cop out. This is literally us just being sensible. You know, we're not going to sit here and talk a load of nonsense about stuff that might or might not happen. I think. Um, Let's see how the game goes, and then we can uh, yeah. provide you guys with an in-depth review. Unfortunately, I won't be at the game. I would usually, obviously, uh, be there, but I'll be reporting from my uh, sofa from between now and the end of the season um, for health reasons, but also, um, as I'm sure you're aware, Harry, um, press box with social distancing, it, the, the people that they're taking in is is fewer, um, so the chances of getting a you know, getting in aren't as guaranteed and they're various different things. So um, I won't be there and I won't be at the Villa game either in the, in the week, which is a shame, but, um, you know, it's, it's going to be different for, for all of us over the next six weeks, I guess, isn't it? Do you know the worst thing I think is um, knowing yesterday that it didn't feel the same. It's two games in a night and normally in June and, you know, early June and there's two games on or three games on in a night. That's normal because there's, a, there's the Euros of the World Cup, but it just didn't feel the same. And I texted a friend of mine and said basically that there's nothing better than a group stage at a tournament because there's just so much football, but also so much football that you don't have to worry about. Absolutely. Um, you know, because if and I know you, I know you probably spoke Greece, uh, um, Harry, but when England are playing and and um, and things, it, it, there is you do you do you are invested, but it's not as invested in the way that you're invested when Newcastle play, which is looking behind you and and looking at the dotted line and. Seeing how far ahead ahead of it you are, um, and and that's a real shame that Newcastle are still playing in June and the weather's not great and it just doesn't feel like summer. And um, 
you know, I don't think anyone really, really wants to be watching the Premier League right now. I think they'd all rather be watching Euro 2020. But yeah, hey. I agree. And, and I make a point of making sure that international football is that very thing for me. It's an an opportunity to watch lots and lots of football without getting stressed about it. And Precisely, yeah. I don't particularly follow any international team. I, you know, obviously being from a Greek background, I'd love to see them do well. And Euro 2004 was an incredible experience for us, but mm. you know, I'm not overly bothered about it. Um, that's it. That brings us to the end of the episode, a slightly longer one for you guys this week, but we had plenty of topics to uh, discuss. And of course, we'll be back early next week with some reaction uh, to Newcastle United's game uh, against Sheffield United, their first game back. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at LRLP Podcast. You can follow Harry at Harry DeCosimo and you can email us if you fancy it, LRLPPodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me at Harry Simu, that's S Y M E O U. Uh, give us a subscribe, uh, review the podcast, let us know your thoughts, whether they're good or bad. All feedback is welcome and we'll be back very, very soon with more. So until next time, take care, stay safe.